edition of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, your host as always, back after an unusual, unprecedented delay due to scheduling and plenty of illness we missed out last week, and this week is a little bit later on in the calendar. But a great show as always ahead. We've got Detroit news sports writer Nolan Bianchi on the podcast to talk about the upcoming Detroit City FC season as well as uh, what's transpired and what is about to happen in the offseason. Lots of stuff has been happening in Michigan soccer since we last chatted. If you go over to at MI Soccer Central on all media, social media platforms, you will see we are continuing our Michigan soccer recruit player profile for those uh, ambitious players looking to get to the next level. You go there. There is lots of players going up there. Uh, special shout out, another Western Michigan player going pro, joining forward Madison, WMU alum, Eric Connerty. So congratulations, a shout out to Eric. Uh, those Broncos, you know, had an amazing run and uh, uh, they are getting rewarded with some professional looks. Uh, shout out to Amalia Villarreal. Uh, she announced a few weeks ago she's going to go to Texas for her college commitment, but also she got called up for uh, youth women's national teams. They're going to be going to the UK to play a series of friendly. So congratulations on her continued call-ups to the youth national team. Um Another big piece of news was the release of the Midwest Premier League's uh, conference alignment with, I think, nine or eighteen teams based in Michigan joining the Midwest or building up, making up two different uh, divisions in the Great Lakes Conference of the Midwest Premier League, making the Midwest Premier League the biggest and uh, biggest footprint in. Uh, elite amateur soccer here in the Great Lakes State. So that is an interesting turn of events. For all those updates, including the team of the week, go to at MI Soccer Central on all social media platforms. Um, stay tuned in right now, though, because we got a great conversation with Detroit News sports writer Nolan Bianchi here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Welcome back. Next up here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, the Detroit City FC preseason kicks off in earnest this weekend. So I've invited my favorite Detroit news sports writer back onto the program to talk about Detroit City FC, how their offseason's been, maybe a little bit of a uh, thought as to how the uh, Second USL Championship offseason has gone. Without further ado, Nolan Bianchi, welcome back to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you for your time. 
Thanks for having me, Robert. It's uh, good to see you. You know, we went through where I, I feel like we're kind of coming to the end of winter, but once Detroit City FC starts, like that's always a, a harsh reminder how far away from, from warm weather we actually are because we get out there and it's freezing and it's windy and it's rainy. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to you know, being out on the pitch in a, on a summer night in, in June. That's all I can really think about at this point. You're talking about cold weather games. I just uh, I got a, a kind of a throwback. I've seen the the game versus Columbus last year. Uh, I think the Open Cup like um, put out the video from that Columbus game last year it was in March or April. And I remember my my uh, my tweeting hand was frozen that night. Yes, yes, that w- that was the case for a lot of those early games where I couldn't even because you know they they don't really have a press box uh, at. The keyword stadium uh beside they have a press box but not like a working press box um and so the the media sits like in a, in a little tent outside and they were just like for the first i would say month month and a half of the season uh all my stories were like all right i'm gonna get in the car get some heat kicking and then i'll write my story and then i'll submit it instead of just submitting it from there but Definitely looking forward to uh, to that that starting to turn a little bit here, and uh, hopefully we have some some early season nice weather for the boys. I know they they are obviously going to be out on the west coast for the first couple of games, so that'll be nice for for both us and them. Uh, for listeners unfamiliar, last year uh, Nolan um, really produced some fantastic coverage and really. Uh, did his dues covering uh, Detroit City FC in their first year in the USL Championship. You know, really did uh, the beat writer role, and then actually got some some great deep dive stories. Really got some some good background about coach and various players throughout the season. Really, uh, you know, did a traditional beat writer at a uh, mainstream newspaper. Um, it was really well received and some great coverage. You were on uh, a couple times last year, and we were shoulder to shoulder doing a lot of uh, post-game interviews together. So I'm very glad to touch base with you again as preseason kicks off. And so I said this was the second uh, USL Championship offseason, and really the first full one, as uh, you know, it was a bit of an unconventional transfer from NISA to USL Championship last time out. So um, as preseason gets underway. Uh, what can you say about uh, Detroit City's uh, offseason? Well, I, I hate to like take a, a cop-out word here, but like the word I would use to describe it is interesting, right? Because last offseason, uh, you know, you, you just alluded to it, they make the jump from NISA to USL Championship, and they do so with a lot of NISA players, obviously. They, that is how they, they end up with the, uh, the nickname, the NISA All-Stars. And they find a lot of success. And so, you know, you look at kind of what went on with, with the roster turnover this past offseason. You say, okay, you know, the back line is is back and uh, maybe even reinforced probably once Devin Amumensa comes back from his injury, maybe even better than they were last year, having that other year of experience under their belts. So you're looking at that half being like, okay, that, that part's good. They re-signed Nate Steinwasher. Uh, and then Antoine leaves. Uh, and you're like, okay, you know, that's – whatever he was a good he was a good player but uh you know they're gonna have to to find the the replacement of production for that and then Pato leaves and all of a sudden you're like okay you know that's that's two of the top scores that might be a little bit concerning and then Declan leaves uh who who was their most productive uh defensive player of the season so you're kind of looking at it going huh okay is this team gonna regress a little next year because I feel like it would be 
common sense to say, well, they they lost all this production. Even if they are able to replace it, it might take a, a little bit longer to mesh. Um, but I I don't know. I still feel pretty optimistic that that they're going to take another step forward next year because, like I just alluded to, like they made that step with all NISA players. And yeah, they're not getting the best players out there. The the you know the the signings that were announced over the summer weren't exactly awe inducing. Uh, frenzy inducing on Twitter. There was none of those days like, holy crap, you know, they got this guy or whatever. But I think what you are going to see this next season is Trevor James scouting at work, only this time he's able to get guys from a little bit higher of a level. So instead of taking guys from NISA and putting them in USL Championship and saying, hey, let's see if you can do this, he's getting guys who, you know, some of them have very, very limited experience, maybe not great runs of form. Uh, playing in USL championship, but they still have played at the level. They know what it's like. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like you're kind of coming into this with half the team being a, a complete unknown. And yet I still think that there's reasons to be optimistic about it. The reasons to be optimistic. I'm going to ask is from uh, my perspective, it last year, I'd say by the end of the year, you were kind of grasping at straws as to where the goals were going to come from. And then uh, Hope and O, you said left, and he was one of the, the few sparks that created goal chances and goals themselves. He leaves. So for a team that kind of, in my opinion, needed to add more of a goal threat, have they done so? I don't know. And that's, that's the big question. That's the big unknown because a lot of these guys uh, haven't been super productive like elsewhere. There's, you know, Cy Goddard who, who came over at the end of last season, didn't play a whole lot. He got stuck uh, where he was for a little bit because of, of visa issues. He'll be back this year. So I think he's definitely a candidate to maybe take one of the more ownership, uh, I guess, of the offense, you could say. You got Yazid Matthews coming back. I think that was huge. I think at times maybe it was a little, I don't want to say underestimated how badly they they missed him. Uh, but when he came back, his, his impact was immediate. And uh, you, you really felt like they got a boost uh, from him coming back. And then I would say on the front end, I mean, like it's, it's all kind of uh, – up in the air, they, they got all these new guys in going into last preseason. We kind of thought Francis Atuane was going to be like a critical piece for this team. Uh, he obviously suffers the injury, but I think there's so much to be played out on this forward group uh, over the next couple of weeks. I think it's 30 days until the home opener now at this point. So uh, I think that's going to be kind of what I'm watching is who emerges from this training camp as kind of the regulars in the starting 11 up front. And so uh, from my notes, uh, new signings, obviously there was returners um, and there were some key guys came back, lost some key players. Um, they got uh, one defenseman and three midfielders. Are there any guys out of that new group of new fresh faces new to Detroit that you especially are kind of excited for, see what they might bring, if there's any kind of a, a different dynamic that might be brought from some of these new faces? Yeah, so I think like Skage Simonson is is going to be a really interesting guy, and then and then I don't know if you heard, but they they kind of over the weekend there was a report that leaked uh, they had signed a, a former Ipswich Town player. He came up through the Ipswich Town Youth Academy, where Trevor James kind of got his start both as a player and a coach. Uh, I was able to confirm that, so I think that's kind of maybe the guy that like I was waiting for for them to sign. Really, is like that true number nine. Uh, who can play up front and, and kind of finish off goals and, and be like that true striker 
that they didn't really have last season. So that's interesting. So there is a a striker on the book. So DCFC fans won't be uh, left without a, a new face leading the front line. Yeah, I think if if that's the if there's a signing that will get people excited, like before the season starts, like that's that's probably going to be the one. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of professional experience. I think since 2017, uh, he has played just like 45 total games as a pro. Uh, only ended up making four appearances for Ipswich, but uh, he has some some experience with the U17, U18, U19 uh, English national teams, uh, and then he apparently is uh, and I. I haven't been able to find proof of this, but apparently he has played really, really well for, you know, the, the U23 uh, Ipswich team. So uh, I think like of all the guys, he's 23, you know, he signed here as a free agent. I think of all the guys who, you know, kind of have, I would say nothing to lose, like the biggest upside, he's probably, he's probably the one. So he's 23, has played 45 professional matches. So, he has a a professional pedigree, but hasn't necessarily uh, bloomed as a pro just yet. So he could be treating this uh, step to Detroit as uh, as a, a place to blow up, so to speak. Definitely, and I so I haven't been able to confirm the the contract details yet either. So I don't know how many years it is. Most of their deals, um, if I were to to guess or speculate, and you know, don't take this as, as fact, but most of their deals I feel like are end up being the first year guaranteed with a club option for, for the second year. Um, if I were to guess, I would say though, that's his contract, but I feel like with a guy like him, even though there is a bit of a gamble, uh, to it, maybe they, maybe they gave him two years guaranteed and, and they can take a chance at, at trying to sell him next off season. If he does have that, you know, blow up here, or I guess with the club option, they could, they could ultimately do that anyways. But um, in theory, I guess is that how that, that's how that works, right? Uh, from my experience reading the, the, the press releases, most of the contracts seem like a one and one. But yeah. if it's somebody, I imagine if it's somebody that they they truly believe in, they might have gone two and one or something like that. Yeah, but and that's so, very interesting. Nolan bringing the uh, bringing the uh, the the signing scoop. Uh, uh, you're our own uh, Fabrizio here. Yeah, well, you know, I've been playing a lot of FIFA lately, and I, I started <laughs> on the uh, the fourth division, and I've had to work my way up, and that's what I've been doing. I've been signing guys out of training, and then I sell them. So, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm not saying in any way that 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 is what the the team in, intends to do with him, but if you're looking at you know players with upside who could ultimately bring value to the squad outside of you know what they're producing on the field, he, he's definitely a guy with that kind of potential, in my opinion. So Ipswich, looking up, they are in the third tier in England, sitting in third place, the top playoff spot. So um, there's going to be some quality on that side of uh, the transfer. And so if he was having a little bit of a hard time breaking into that first team, be interesting to see where he slots in um, once that does become official. I'm sure uh, – Anyone coming over from the UK will will get a little bit of buzz. Um, anyone outside? I mean, because it seems like a lot of the free agent goal scorers within the USL Championship kind of seem like they've been sewn up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the the names that I know were floated around as a um, wish list sort of players have kind of been sewn up. 
So I was getting a little worried. And from what I've scanned of uh, city Twitter, there's a little bit of anxiety um, as far as signing. So I wonder, do you think that this uh, mystery player that's about to be uh, announced here soon, uh, you think he'll maybe uh, calm those nerves? I would think so. And you just brought it up. Like anybody who comes over from England, I, I think is is ultimately going to be somebody that draws a, a lot of excitement. And again, like I, I feel the, the way I feel about Trevor James, I feel, you know, cross-sport analogy here, the way a lot of people feel about Steve Eiserman, um, where it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll trust the process. Like I trust the process with Trevor James because like I just said, yeah, he may not have been able to, to crack the, the Ipswich Town, you know, starting lineup. But, you know, there were guys from, you know, Devin Amumento was playing on the Michigan Stars last year. And there was very real thought that he might go to MLS this, this summer if he didn't have that, that injury. Um, you know, he, he was that good for them. And he, he did show that much upside for them. So I think when it comes to, you know, just what, Trevor's track record has been with bringing in players who are maybe a little bit uh, just needed to change of scenery or something along those lines and, and completely revitalizing them, I think is, has to be encouraging. Like how many, and you can correct me on this, but like how many players that, that came into this DCFC team were like, Holy crap. You know, they got this guy right off the jump. I would, I would, you know, find it hard to imagine that a lot of them were. Maxi Rodriguez was almost out of soccer. You know, Antoine Hopeno was basically out of soccer. Uh, and so, I don't know. It, 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 it ultimately, to me, and, like, I, I get the, the panic of, like, they were a fringe playoff team. They seem to have lost pieces. Uh, or not they seem to have lost pieces. They have lost, you know, a, a lot of their production from a year ago. And so it's – It'll pro- it might take some time to, to figure out, but I do believe that, like, in the end, there will be enough to to at least be as good as last year's team, if not better. And I don't want to go out on a limb and, and say they are going to be better than last year's team, but, like, if you just look at what I mentioned with the, with the back line and, and the goaltending all coming back, and I don't see any reason why they can't be uh, as good as last year's team and why they can't you know, reproduce the the production they got up front, which was not a whole lot, if we're being honest. Yeah, if there was a coach that could unearth a diamond in the rough and uh, a team that could display that diamond in the rough, you'd say it was Trevor James and uh, Detroit City FC. Throwing back to that Columbus game, I remember asking Coach James, like, you know, Maxi Rodriguez, because that was one of like, his marquee performances of the whole season. Like, yeah, this guy who, you said, top, who really. acknowledged, um, you know, you know, bounced around USL, kind of looked like he was weighing his options in or out of soccer, and then you know he was the star man uh, in that game, beating the MLS side. And you know, if there's anyone to unearth a diamond, so this forward might just be, hopefully, another one of those. But he could also be another Francis Atuahene, where he blows everybody's minds in in preseason, and you're and you're like, holy crap, this former MLS draft pick, you know, he's ready to he's ready to finally explode, and then he just never finds it, you know. And that's the way sports go. Uh, but I think, especially with like the mo of of Trevor's teams in years past, like I, I think that's a special reason to to maybe 
I guess not panic is, is the fact that like, it's not like the, the MO of a Trevor James team has been like this, you know, explosive offense and, and all this goal scoring, like what they are looking to produce is not as much as other teams would be looking to produce, I guess, on that front, you know, and maybe not saying that they're not trying to score as much, but maybe they just value play in other area of the field more so than, you know, just trying to boat race everybody, uh, you know, every week. Yeah. And it's not really that kind of a league. If you saw um, San Antonio last year, um, the way they played uh, was significantly different than um, a lot of teams played. And that was, you know, bruising guys and just, enough quality up at the front to take care of business. It was definitely a defense first. I mean, but then they had the quality, you know, eventually as the season progressed that, you know, that quality obviously bared fruit, but it wouldn't say that you wouldn't say that this league was won by guys that could dribble through on an entire team. No, definitely. And, and like, I still think that, you know, they, if you look at the guys who are coming back, like Maxi Rodriguez can score goals from the midfield position. Michael Bryant, you know, will be everywhere uh, on the pitch by uh, just the second month of the season. He'll probably have every position played under his belt. Connor Rutt's coming back. Um, didn't have the best luck last year. Had a, had a kind of a lot of bad luck at the beginning of the year. I think he had like five point something expected goals before he got his first one. So maybe a little regression to the mean for him as well on that front. Local guy, uh, Connor Rutz, and then uh, Gasso, uh, he gets signed, 19-year-old, another uh, uh, Southeast Michigan guy. And so there are some local ties to the team that can get uh, the, 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 the – there's definitely like a, a set of fans of any team that, that root for those hometown guys. You have some of your favorites. I was actually a little bit surprised. Steinwasher coming back, that's huge. Um, I didn't notice if there was a backup keeper signed just yet. So that's something to keep an eye on, in my opinion. And then uh, three new midfielders, a new defender. Um, getting Amu Mensa back is almost like a new signing in a way. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then in this new Ford that <laughs> we've been chattering on about, definitely uh, what is a, there, enough of a change to where it's not the same old crew. And then there's still a little bit of time. I mean, I think they they added players throughout the season as it went, but obviously you want your your team, you know, just about assembled before uh, the season kicks off. And um, as we are heading into the weekend, Detroit City have four preseason friendlies coming up in the next um, 12 days or so. uh, here in uh, Michigan, they're playing Oakland University behind closed doors, going out to Arizona, playing New Mexico, and then uh, Grand Canyon. And then on the 21st, they're playing out in Brighton, and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds are coming out for uh, uh, a friendly there too. So it's all starting here, and it's it's wild to think that that marathon season we talked about uh, at the – end of the year uh, when you hopped on, I think that was in October. So um, we're here nearing the beginning of that marathon once again. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like I said, I'm really excited to see what, what all these guys, uh, what all these new guys add. I'm excited to see just how different the team is this year, because 
half of it's going to be the same, half of it's going to be drastically different. And how do the guys who are returning from last year help fill in those cracks? Um, you know, I think of guys like like Michael Bryant and, and Matt Lewis and guys who weren't always at the forefront uh, of well, I guess Michael Bryan was he became quite a fan favorite by the uh, by the end of the season there. But just guys who, you know, aren't necessarily putting up the the crazy counting stats, but are just so reliable for you. And I think that that like on a year to year basis, like those are things you can count on. This guy they brought in Adrian Billhart, like he he's a really interesting guy, um, midfielder who who comes from League One. Like he he's another guy who. Uh, yeah, he hasn't played at the level before, but also he was playing at a level higher than Nisa. You know, I don't, I guess I, I can't fully speak to how different Nisa is from USL League One, but I would imagine it's it's pretty drastic. Um, maybe not as much as Nisa to USL Championship, but um, I don't know. Do you, have a, do you have any thoughts on that? Is that is that off base there or what? I think that with what we saw with results, not only in Detroit, but in elsewhere, I think the difference between Championship League One and NISA, it I think it went team to team rather than league to league. I think um, I think it's almost the the league differentiation is more of a investment based than um, quality based. Um, I'm sure there's trends that USL Championship obviously at the top end, um, and there's certain teams that definitely much higher quality. But I think I don't think with the way that the American soccer system is set up, I don't think you can blanketly just say league one is 100% lower or higher than any anything else. Interesting. Okay. You would think, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've asked people before, like what's the difference in leagues and basically investment is uh, what the answer generally okay. boils down to. Um, is there any other notes about the off season or what we might see coming up here. So I, I do want to just touch a little bit more on this Adrian Billhart guy, because I went back to the, the story I wrote about him. It is actually a, a pretty, while it wasn't necessarily received to be at the time, it actually is kind of a, a pretty exciting uh, signing. So from USL tactics last year, uh, he was 93rd percentile in goals above replacement. He was 94th percentile in expected assists, 79th percentile in expected goals, 94th, uh, in key passes slash forward passes. So like the, the, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this new run of forwards, because I, I felt like at the end of the day, what they got from those guys was exactly replacement level, right? Yes. They lost that production, but was it, was it abnormally good production? No, it was, ex- I, I would argue it was either exactly replacement level or just below replacement level. And so no, no, no other notes, but I, I do want to uh, just reiterate like how interesting this this new front is going to be. And, and while we've spent all this time talking about how are they going to replace the production, there's a chance this booms. There's a chance that, that this offense looks really, really good next year. And all of a sudden they have two really good halves of the field uh, and, and, you know, they can legitimately be become a contender in the USL championship. Because that, that was the thing that ultimately did them in last year was even – I would say from like the last third of the season on, you kind of just before that, even though, you know, you're kind of tempering the expectations, you're like, well, maybe they could do something. And then September rolls around and you're like, this team just can't score when it needs to. And that, and it is what it is. So I think that 
out of everything is is what I'm looking for heading into this next season. Can this team get goals a when it needs to to turn draws into into wins and, and losses into draws? How many times did they lose games like that last season, uh, especially in that final month or two when they were giving up? Uh, I think it was like their last three games they gave up. Uh, two goals within a span of three minutes and then they did in the memphis game and it was like oh yep we saw that for the last month and it showed up at its at its worst time so i think you know having another year having so many guys who who are playing in their second level uh in the league will will be really exciting too and and when it's not as fresh and new for everybody when we're not constantly you know being reminded or reminding people ourselves that it's their inaugural usl championship season and and I'm really interested to see kind of where it goes. Yeah, heightened expectations for the second year, no doubt. And then that's why uh, the before on the uh, the doorstep of a new season is one of the most exciting times. Like, who's going to step up? Who's going to step back? Who's going to be you know the unexpected surprise? Um, very exciting. And and who knows? This is where uh, any team can dream of. This could be hope our springs eternal. Year. Yeah, hope exactly. Can eternal. you tell the the listeners uh, where to find your Fantastic coverage, Nolan? Yeah, you can uh, find me at the DetroitNews.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Back when I was like a freelancer, I used to have to run through like seven different like organizations of like, if you want to find me writing about hockey, go here. But uh, no, just the Detroit News uh, and on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. Nolan, thank you so much for joining us and spending so much time with me here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Of course. Thanks, Robert. This week, Nolan Bianchi, sports writer for the Detroit News, bringing some scoops and some news about the offseason and the forthcoming Detroit City FC season. Uh, preseason kicking off here this weekend. Exciting times. I'm glad to see that soccer is starting to come back in earnest, the outdoor variety that is. Uh, thanks to all the guests that have come on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. As we are storming towards the 100th episodes, we're, I believe, at episode 96. So the Centurion episode of the podcast coming sooner, week by week. Special thanks go to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program as always. Thanks to the listener. Thank you guys, obviously, and thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Without you guys, this show does not go. So until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.